When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Hey, really appreciate you tuning in tonight. 2.49 left in the second period. Canada still leading Sweden 3-2 World Junior semifinal. Earlier today, the United States over Russia 4-3. The shootout went seven rounds. NHL tonight, Jets lead the Panthers 2-1 early in the third. After one, Canadians and Stars 1-1. I got a buddy at that game. Uh, he's a big Montreal fan. Rangers lead the Flyers 1-0 early in the second period. Three games still to come tonight, including the Flames home to the Avalanche. My name is Reed Wilkins. It's Inside Sports on 6.30. Ched, and always a pleasure to welcome to the show one of the most popular athletes in the history of our city. He's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, now a Seahawks radio analyst. It is Warren Moon. Warren, welcome back to the show. How have you been? Hey, I've been great. Happy New Year to you, and a happy New Year to everyone out there listening. I know it's very, very cold up there in Edmonton right now, so I uh, I don't envy being there or you guys being there, but it's cold <laughs> down here, too, in Seattle, but uh, it's great to talk to you. Well, it's minus 10 Celsius, and now as a kid who grew as a guy, I'm not a kid anymore, as, a, as someone who grew up here, I don't find minus 10 that cold for it. It has to be below minus 20. <laughs> Yeah, well, I know I played in a uh, Western final one year against Winnipeg. It was minus 42, so I know what you're talking about. And uh, I'll never forget that football game. It was the coldest I've ever been in my life. But uh, we ended up winning it and went on won another great cup. Well, you know, I, I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to ask you that because the Eskimos played a game in the snow, the East final in Ottawa. Uh, they wound up losing. So I was going to ask you your, your coldest game. Now, so that was a West final, minus 42. So, like, how many layers of clothes did you wear? Or did you have to be like, no, i got to be tough and go bare arms? Yeah, that's the problem. You can't wear a lot of clothes or it affects the way you play, you know. And I had a, a jersey uh, that was made, and, and uh, uh, our uh, equipment guy put a spur, like a fur... Um, like a lining? Little pockets inside my jersey, so okay. I could put my hands inside that fur. And it, it was really, really nice to keep my hands warm. But that's the biggest thing for me as a quarterback, because I'm, I'm handling the ball pretty much every play on offense. So I've got to keep my hands warm and, and keep them where I can throw the football, because the ball is like a rock and it's very, very slippery when it's that cold. So you have to be able to, to hold the ball and grip it. Did you guys still throw a lot in that game? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah we did. We, we didn't change what we do. Uh, we probably didn't throw as much as we would uh, in a normal game, but yeah, I think I threw somewhere around 30, 30 35 times in that ball game. So, okay. Well, as a, as a guy who uh, grew up in California, I, I mean, you always speak highly of Edmonton, and you're still loved here. But you did a great job adapting to, to the weather. So, was had you had you said you? I mean, you you played college games all over the states, so. 
had you been exposed to winter and snow before you moved here? Um, just a little bit when we played Washington State over in okay. Spokane my junior year, but we didn't travel around the country very much. You know, we most of our games were on the West Coast because we were in the Pac-8 at that time, and uh, I think the, we did go back to Syracuse one time and play, but it was early, like during uh, September, so it wasn't cold back there. But um, no, I had never experienced playing in snow like that. Believe me, because. Uh, I knew where Edmonton was. I knew it got cold up there, but until you actually experience it, uh, it is it is something that is un- unreal. Warren, I know you're working Sundays, uh, but I also know you remain a big fan of the Canadian Football League. Did you get to watch the Grey Cup or at least watch some of the highlights? I watched all the highlights, and I was very, very happy for Henry Burris because he's a you know a good friend of mine. I, I did some of his fundraisers back when he was with the Calgary Stampeders, went up to his football camp, and He's a, a tremendous person. You know, he does a lot in the community wherever he is. And for him to finish his career out like that is the is the uh, is just the best way to go out a winner, go out a champion. And hopefully, he does go ahead and retire and, and not try and come back. This is the greatest way he could ever go out, being the MVP of the uh, the Grey Cup and winning that game, being such a big underdog. Well, and I wanted to ask you about that, Warren. I mean, you would have been on both sides of it during your your long career you 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 would have won a few games where people didn't think you were going to win and and you would have lost a few where people thought you might have handled the other team easily what happens in games like that where where an underdog is able to hang around and eventually pull it off is that is it all mental or what does it come down to on that day yeah, a lot of it is, is mental and a lot of it's momentum. Um, you know, different things that happen throughout the ball game early that uh, give the team that's the underdog uh, it gives them a, a motivation. It gives them that fight that they need to stay in the ball game. And the longer they stay in that game, the more confidence they gain. And the, and for the other team that's that's uh, that's favored, the more the longer the other team stays in the game, the more they start to doubt themselves. So that's when you have upsets happen. And uh, we almost had that happen to us in the Grey Cup in Montreal when we played against uh, Ottawa, and we were huge favorites in that game and we went into halftime we were down 20 to 1 but we ended up coming back and winning the ball game but yeah you can really get full of yourself and the other team you know doesn't feel respected coming in they have nothing to lose they play with a chip on their shoulder and the next thing you know a turnover here or change of field position there they're still in the ball game and they have a lot of fight you know warren i, I want pardon me i wanted to ask you uh, our hockey team had a tough night last night, and you know the town's passion for the Oilers. They lost 3-1 in Columbus, got outplayed pretty badly. Um, so I've been saying, now the true test is how do they look in their next game tomorrow? And when the Eskimos won the Grey Cup in 2015, they played a lot of close games, and they just said, yeah, bad things would happen in games, and we just never let it rattle us. We just trusted ourselves and trusted the game plan that, you know, so many athletes talk about that mental strength and staying composed and the old cliche of dealing with adversity. You know, I'm wondering for you as, for you as an athlete, did you always have that? Even as a young guy, did you have to learn and develop? Did you have a mentor that helped you with that? Or, or where did some of that ability to, you know, quite frankly, deal with failure? Where does that come from? Well, I think some of it's your upbringing. You know, for me, it was, you know, growing up uh, the only male in an all-female home when my dad passed away. And I I became a very um, mature person at a very young age because I was all of a sudden thrust into the man of the house role. And and so uh, I dealt with a lot of adversity as as a young kid because of that. Um, and then once I got into sports, you know, I felt like I was mentally tough when I got into sports 
because of my my upbringing at home and my mother just watching her the way she handled our family uh, really taught me a lot about adversity and strength because she could have gave up uh, on us but she, what she did is she re-educated herself went back to school uh, worked two two shifts to to uh, make ends meet for us and, and watching her do that um just kind of gave me a a, a a strength inside of myself because i wanted to uh, motivate myself to be able to take care of her one day. So that was part of my motivation as a young kid and, and being so determined to make it uh, in sports because I knew that's where my, my ticket was going to be out of the neighborhood where we lived. But, yeah, some of it's your makeup. Some of it you have to learn it. You have to go through it. You have to go through some adversity to figure out how you deal with it. And everybody doesn't always deal with it that well. But the ones that do, they're the ones that usually have success because everybody's going to have adversity in their life. And everybody's going to get knocked down. It's, it's do you do you lay there and wallow in it, or do you dust yourself up, off, get back up, and, and go back into it? And that's that's kind of what I've been able to do every time I've been knocked down. Warren Moon joining us on Inside Sports. Warren, just a couple more for you. Uh, give me uh, give me the toughest guy you had as a teammate, and I'll let you pick one from the Eskimos and one from the NFL. <laughs> uh toughest guy as a teammate. I have to say Dan Kepley. Yeah. I mean, uh, he was. Our emotional leader, he was our physical leader, uh, he was our middle linebacker. I mean, he made a ton of tackles. Um, he was a guy I had a tremendous amount of respect for. When I first got there, he was a guy that used to get on me all the time because I was considered the high-priced rookie coming in. He wanted to make sure that I gained the respect of the veterans. So he, he needled me a lot in the beginning, but I earned his respect before it was all said and done. Uh, and then in the NFL, the toughest, toughest teammate. Wow, I had a lot of teammates. Just because I played for so long, who would have been my toughest teammate? God Almighty, probably John Randall in. Uh, oh, really? In Minnesota, yeah, he's in the Hall of Fame now. Yeah. A really tough as nails player. He was a guy that uh, just talked all the time throughout the whole game. Tried to intimidate the guys he played against. Never, never was nasty about it or anything like that. But always talking and. Um, just a tremendous player. One of those guys who was undrafted, just worked his tail off and became a Hall of Fame player. Well, we got a guy on the Eskimos, uh, Odell Willis, on the D-line that's known for, for talking a lot. And his teammates love it, and the other teams hate him, right? He's one of those guys. Uh, <laughs> Warren, before yeah. I let you go, we got the playoffs this weekend. Uh, you're covering the Seahawks. They are at home against the Detroit Lions, uh, who I guess didn't finish the season the way they wanted to because they got to go on the road here. Uh, how, do, how do you look at this one? Are, are the Seahawks playing the, the right way at the right time to get it done this weekend? Well, if you ask both teams, I don't think either one of them would say they're playing their best football. But what happens when the regular season is over, you throw that out the window, and it's all about the second season. And you have new life. Uh, you know this is only a one-game situation. Uh, the winner goes on. The loser goes home. So both teams are going to play tremendously hard. I think the Seahawks have the advantage because they're at home, and they've, they've only lost one playoff game in ten playoff games uh, at Central Lake Field. And then Detroit has not done a great job on the road in the playoffs. So uh, even with all of that, you still can't take that for granted. you got to go out there and play your game, get off to a great start, try and put them away as early as you can. Because, again, 
them being an underdog, if they stay in the game a long time, they're harder to put away. And they're a team that has eight of their victories or come from behind victories. So it should be a really good football game on Saturday. Hopefully the Seahawks can pull it out. Yeah, Stafford's been incredible with the comebacks this year, eh? Good for him. Uh, yeah, yeah. Eight out of their nine victories are come from behind victories in the fourth quarter. So they're a team that's not going to go away. You're going to have to put them away because they don't quit. Warren, it's always great to catch up with you. I know we usually talk around this time of year as we get into the NFL playoffs, so thank you so much for making time for us. We're getting a lot of texts on the text line saying, Hi, Warren, loved you as an Eskimo, so you're always going to be loved here, man. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, I love that city to death. They gave me my chance to play professional football. We had tremendous fans up there. There's a, a great history with the Edmonton Eskimos, and I'm glad to be a part of it. And like I said, Happy New Year to everyone out there. Have a safe, uh, happy 2017. Thank you, Warren. Okay, take care. That is one of the classiest guys, Warren Moon, joining us tonight, Inside Sports on 630. Ched uh, Edmonton Eskimo played in the uh, National Football League, obviously with Houston, Minnesota, Seattle, and Kansas City. Played from 84 to 2000 in the NFL. And you know what? We're talking about athletes finding motivation, dealing with adversity, learning, and sometimes, as Warren mentioned, sometimes that motivation comes from totally outside the rink or the field and he said you know what it was my mom my dad passed away she's working two jobs she goes back to school she educates herself so she can provide a better life for the kids and he's basically saying who am i to you know whine about losing a football game or getting a sack or throwing an interception so that's how warren sort of grew up and dealt with some of the challenges that he had in his career and he did have some i mean let's face it he came to canada because the NFL was adverse to employing black quarterbacks at that time. That was in the late 1970s. That's a flat-out fact, folks. Maybe some of you probably aren't old enough to know about that, but that's flat-out how it was. And Warren Moon came here, became a great part of the Edmonton community, became a great quarterback, and then went on to have an outstanding career in the NFL as well. Our next guest is so eager to be on the show, he's already here. We're going to talk about hockey and starring in a naughty movie with this gentleman when we get back. Hey, this is Jordan Everly from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chat. Inside Sports on 6.30, Chad, we have an Oilers game tomorrow. Tomorrow at the Boston Bruins, game two of the four-game road trip. 3.30 for the face-off show, 5 o'clock for the start of the game. The Oilers is then in New Jersey, Saturday, Ottawa, Sunday. Same start times for all those contests. My name is Reed Wilkins, and uh, our next guest here is in studio lamenting that he has to follow Warren Moon. No, yeah, thanks Warren a lot, Moon buddy. open for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Uh, if that voice is familiar, it's probably because you've heard it in a uh, trailer that is in theaters and making the rounds on the internet. It's a gentleman we've had on the show before, but not in person before. Eric Johnson, he's starring in the upcoming film Fifty Shades Darker. And uh, you've, uh, you're an established uh, actor. Obviously, you were in The Nick quite recently. You were on, what, uh, Rookie Blue, Smallville. Those would be some of your highlights. Yeah, yeah, that's a pretty good highlight list. Thanks for having me, Reed. Yeah, it's good to see you again. We, we should tell quickly how you and I met. You uh, live in, well, I, were you, st- you were still in New York. I was when shooting st- in New York, yeah. When the, shooting The Nick. Yeah. Uh, and if people haven't seen The Nick, I am actually currently watching it on, on DVD. Yes, I still watch DVDs. Uh <laughs> And it's it's great. It's a medical drama 
set in, what is it, 1900 and 1901? Yes. In a cutting-edge hospital in New York City. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a little bit of a dark show. It stars Clive Owen. Uh, every episode was directed by Steven Soderbergh, so it's, uh, it's a pretty high-caliber show. It was, uh, it was pretty awesome to be a part of. Uh, you play Dr. Everett Gallinger. Uh, interesting character as well. You do a great job with so Pretty, you know huge racist. Yes, playing, yes. He's playing, not. He's yeah. he's not an overly no, nope, not a likable guy. Not a tolerant no. guy. No, nope, not likable at all. Nope. He's actually not that tolerant with people of any color. No, nope, not at all. <laughs> no, does just basically doesn't like other things. Some very bad things do yes. happen to him though. He does. Yes, yes. Thankfully, <laughs> thankfully. So. Yeah. You were tweeting me uh, on Overtime Open Line during a rotten Oilers season. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, so, you know, you're emotional. That's fine. I, I, I try to talk fans through that. But you, you ha- at the time, you had this incredibly striking black and white profile picture. And so you're saying it's my profile picture that... That, uh, that, that attracted, attracted me to you. Yes, yes, exactly. That led Good me to, to click on your profile. There you go. I would have swiped right if, you, if it was on <laughs> Tinder. Uh, so so I, I'm, like, I'm like, who's this dude that has this professional picture? Is, is this Twitter? I'm thinking, is he, is he like an actor or something? And then I click on your account. Oh, he actually yeah, he is actually an actor. Is an actor, yeah. <laughs> so, and you got like 50,000 followers or something. So I was like, come on the come on the talk show. You're like, okay, because you've been on the talk show a couple of times. Um did you watch the game last night? Uh, I did. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you were reluctant to answer that. Yeah, well, that was a tough one. I mean, uh, you know, that was a tough game last night. There was there was not a lot of get up and go there. It was a challenge. And I think, you know, you're going to have those games in the season where just nothing's going. But like you said earlier, it's all in how you respond to that game. Because when things aren't going right, you just hope they go right the next week. Because they had a fantastic game the week before. And uh, against LA, I mean, that was a pretty big statement game, and I just, I just don't think they could, it's realistic to have all the games necessarily be like that. Although Columbus might be proving that. <laughs> yeah, just over a month since yeah. they lost. The Oilers were four zero and two in their previous six. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I think the Oilers have a roster good enough. You can scratch out points against the Van, pardon me, the Vancouver's of the world. You know, you got an overtime loss against against Columbus. They're not, they're not there yet against the top five in the league. Yeah, well, I mean, but at the same time, we've seen them beat St. Louis. We've True. seen them beat some hard teams. And it, it, it's just, you know, it's the ebb and flow of the season, I think. I think if you talk to any Oilers fan and you put a picture of the standings right now in front of them, like even three months ago, or can you imagine like a year ago and said, you know, this is where you're going to be in January and you're going to be griping? I think they'd say there's no way. <laughs> well, fans always want the next level, yeah. which I which which I which I appreciate. Uh, we're, we're we're having you in for the full next half hour of the show, and we're going to talk about your your passion for the Oilers, how you've been able to keep that up through your your travels as an actor, sleepless nights. <laughs> Yeah, you've been you would have had some crazy hours following them in New York. I just like, hate I, it's the San Jose. It's the San Jose the, games. <laughs> What's with the late starts in San Jose? The ten thirty yeah. Eastern starts yeah. you would have stayed up for. So, but you're in a movie coming out, and I'm sure people have heard of this. It's the sequel to Fifty Shades of Grey. It's called Fifty Shades Darker. And then you're also in the next one next year called Fifty Shades Freed. That's correct. Yeah. So I got I got a little I got a little clip here from this uh, this new Fifty Shades movie. Nice. Because it's it's a bit of a titillating naughty movie, isn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're a little they're a little naughty. Hey, here, here's the clip from the movie. What makes me a man and what makes mom a woman? Uh, yeah, bigger hand in there. There's some kind of hole here, like an igloo. Oh, sorry, wait, that's a wrong clip. I think, I think that might be... <laughs> that's a wrong clip. I think that might be the wrong clip, Al. <laughs> it's very similar to that, though. Here's an actual <laughs> clip uh, from the trailer, and this is this is you. Your boyfriend has a reputation. 
Do you want to be kept or have respect? Well, for me, it's kept every time. Right, yeah. Yeah, that's the right answer. <laughs> Playing another nice guy here, Reed. Are you yeah. the uh, adversary to the protagonist? I would say yes, very much so. Very adversarial. You know, when you try and take a guy's girl, you're not his best friend. So, yeah, definitely the adversary. Wow, we got to find out how you keep getting these roles. What's the character's name? Uh, I am playing Jack Hyde. And All right. he's a publisher, and he, uh, and he, is, he employs... Anna, the very the big star of the show, uh, Dakota Johnson at his office, and then is might not. I think he failed some like work, uh, sexual harassment courses. Like I don't think I think he skipped them because right. I don't think he quite got the memo on those. I think he oh, must wow. have skipped that. Day. We gotta we gotta find out how you keep getting these parts. I don't know, buddy. I don't know. Because you look very heroic in real life. Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> you know, I was talking to a producer that had hired me once, and I said, you know, what's, I just I just pl- always play these jerks and these mean guys, and, and I play the bad guy all the time. He says, you know why, Eric? When I look at a picture of you, I go, there's a guy that I hate. And I go, oh, you know what? I'm going to take that as a compliment, I guess, and and uh, be thankful that I'm working. So I'll, I'll, I'll take it. We're in studio with huge Oilers fan actor Eric Johnson. More after the 730 News. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Hey, thanks for tuning in tonight. Canada 3, Sweden 2. 16 minutes left in the third period World Junior Semifinal. States winning 4-3 in a shootout earlier today. Your scoreboard brought to you by Crystal Glass. For all your glass needs, call 310 Glass today. In the NHL tonight, 4-1. The Jets looking good in Florida late in the third period. Stars lead the Canadians 2-1 in the second period. Late second frame, Rangers up 1-0 on the Flyers. Still to come, Coyotes and Canucks, Avalanche and Flames and the Red Wings and the Ducks. My name is Reed Wilkins, joined in studio by actor Eric Johnson, grew up in Edmonton in the upcoming movie Fifty Shades Darker. And we have a text here, Eric, to 63630. Reed, I remember your guest was Flash Gordon for a season, so he's not always a villain. Yeah, that's true. That is like that is like the one the one time I got to be the good guy and the show got canceled. So <laughs> apparently people didn't like me as the good guy. So I pre- I appreciate that. Thank you. What was that? A, what, that was one season? Of one, we did one season, 22 episodes of, of me being a hero, and people were like, that's enough of that. <laughs> You're gonna go be the bad guy. Uh, well, okay, let's let's deal with this because that's that's life in your business. Yes, shows can come and go. Yeah, sometimes not when you're not ready for them to. Yep. Uh, what what was the end like for Flash Gordon? Did you see it coming, or was it one day there's a text or a phone call? I, th- you know, that was an interesting one because we 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 weren't really sure for sure it was going to be down, and we knew our numbers weren't good, and you know it was. It was like a little show that could. Like we didn't really have a lot of money, and it was we were we were getting by on our gumption. Really, we were just like <laughs> digging in and putting a smile on, even though it was it was pretty tough to 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 pull off the show every week. And uh, you know, but we we tried to make the best of it. And I and I mean that's how I looked at it. It's like you you know we're here. There's no sense in complaining. Let's just make the best of this. And and uh, we we pulled it off. We had a good time. And then but we knew our numbers weren't so solid. And and uh, it was—it's unfortunate because I think the show was really starting to come into its own in a way. And and uh, but yeah, the, the signs were all there. 
You know, it was it was an interesting thing when the studio stops, uh, when the ex- network executives stop meddling, then you're like, uh oh, oh right. <laughs> suddenly, suddenly, <laughs> there's up. just there's like it's rats <laughs> off a sinking ship. Suddenly, nobody's giving you notes anymore because nobody wants to have their hands on it, pr- handprints on the on the damaged goods last. So we were kind of left our own devices and got better, and and uh, then we were done. Uh, this was what about six years ago, seven years ago? That is uh, longer ago. <clears throat> Almost ten years ago. That was that long ago. Yeah, nine years ago. Uh, where were you filming that? Vancouver. That was over Vancouver yeah, too. Yeah, okay. out in Vancouver. Yeah. Okay. Well, somebody remembers Flash Gordon. So Thank there's you. Something. There's, that was our fan. Our fan. <laughs> the, the one. The, the, the one, one that viewer. Watched. That's what I. So I thank always, you. I always say this. This show has fourteen listeners. <laughs> I guess now thirteen because you listen and now you're here. So technically, yeah, so I, <laughs> I can't count you as both a guest and a listener. The listenership is down tonight because I'm <laughs> sitting in the sitting in studio with you. We we were joking about you playing villains mm-hmm. or, or, or unlikable guys. I mean, you mentioned your character on the Nick, racist. Yes. And uh, very, a very entitled human being yes. to, to a lot. Too. Yeah, he's kind of he's kind of like the epitome of uh, white privilege there. Yeah. And you, I mean, a lot of people have read the book, but for people who, who haven't, you've hinted that the upcoming Fifty Shades movie, you're a guy who doesn't uh, uh, act uh, appropriately in the workplace towards nope. women to nope. say the least nope, nope. definitely uh, has his issues there so you have to get into that character as an actor so you can look at that on the page as eric johnson and think i don't like this guy but when you're playing that character do you have to find the motivation where or something in your mind where like when you're that guy where i'm doing the right thing like you you can you you can't really I guess what I'm trying, you can't walk onto set thinking, okay, I'm the bad guy in this scene. You have to walk onto the set thinking, I'm the one who's right in this scene. Yeah, I, I mean, that's that's really what it is. I mean, nobody's the bad guy in their own story, right? Every right. villain <laughs> thinks they're the hero. And uh, and it's a matter of just, is it's kind of just, it, it's, and I will say this, it's forced me to be a lot more empathetic to people that I don't like. <laughs> and I mean that honestly. It's like, you know, I have, you know, you understand that, that, you know, somebody might make horrible decisions and be a total jerk and impossible to deal with or very egotistical or entitled or racist or, you know, whatever it is. And no matter what, they're, they're somewhat a product of, a, of an environment. They're a product of uh, the events that have shaped their lives. And it's, so it's, it's allowed me to become more empathetic towards those individuals because, yeah, <laughs> not to sound, this sounds bad, but there is more, it's not just black and white. There's shades of gray, Reed. Right. <laughs> There's shades of gray with everyone. It's not so clear. <laughs> oh, that's I'm a, so that's sorry. a nice little promo. <laughs> so I wrote down the dates here where I have too many pages of notes. So Fifty Shades, uh, So okay, first of all, Fifty Shades of Gray was two years ago or one year ago? I think it was two years ago. Two yeah. years ago. Fifty Shades Darker is in theaters February 10th. They've already said Fifty Shades Freed to complete the trilogy is February 9th. You're playing Jack Hyde. Um, can we can we get a little insight here first? How did you get cast for this? This is a big Hollywood movie. You know, uh, th- it's just sort of the way things go. I end up throwing my hat in in the ring for a lot of things, and and you know, a lot of time you never hear back, and you I've learned just not think anything of it again and, and move on, and uh, and then this is one that that uh, they they kept being interested, which you know surprised me. It's also a testament to the the team that works for me. I have, I have incredible uh, agents and managers that are hustling. <laughs> to try and get me work and and they were on it and uh and they were they were really pushing for me and, and thankfully there was the people down the line that uh said hey we need a bad guy and a guy who's a total inappropriate jerk and that picture that looks like that guy <laughs> and yeah. then did you have to go do like readings and in person no i had actually i had i had sent in uh myself doing doing scenes on on tape that i had actually taped oh, nice. myself 
and uh, and that 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 did it. I was I was shocked. But that's sort of the new thing. It's like it's technology's made my job a lot easier. A lot of times I don't even wear pants. It's like the newscasters, right? I got a nice shirt on and a tie. I don't even have to put pants on and put myself on tape and send it in. So uh, these movies were were shot back to back. Back to back in Vancouver. We started shooting in February of last year, and then uh, finished up shooting in uh, July of this year. So it was like a good six months. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And the and the sh- the oh I can't, I can't even talk about that because that's in the third movie. But anyway, oh, wow. it, it finishes. <laughs> I, it gets a little confusing. We shot them at the same time, but it, uh, the shot ended. Uh, we were shooting in France, and it was an amazing way. I thought for sure the first thing they were going to cut out of the French <laughs> shoot was me. Right. Like there's no way You're they're going. me. In France. I'm not going to go to France to shoot. And I ended up getting to go to Paris and, and shoot. And it was lovely and amazing. And one of those moments where you go, wow, this, uh, you know, all those times where, you know, being unemployed for long periods of time, this this is making up for it pretty good. Well, okay. I, I, and I realize you, you don't want to give any spoilers, but we're, we're, could on a Monday you have been shooting a scene from the second movie and then later in the week shooting a scene from the third movie I assume oh, yeah. it wasn't sequential okay, oh, yeah. okay stupid question to me because I'm not an actor maybe for you it's it's just everyday life but is that confusing where you have to okay wait what's happened to my character now that I'm doing this scene not usually I mean uh, in terms of that the Nick was even crazier because we we shot all ten episodes essentially at the same time like we tried to do it as really yeah all the all basically all the stuff that happened in in my character's home in season one we shot in a day, so it was from eight different episodes we shot in one day, and so keeping track of the whole story arcs for everything. But the great thing is we had all the information beforehand, so you just you just figure it out and and go ahead. It was it was just you got a little more prep time and it was it was great. I didn't realize the Nick was that. So they'd written the whole season in advance. Whole season in advance. That's not usual, is it? Not completely unusual. And it, it was like we shot a ten-hour movie. That's how we went at it. it right. Was, uh, yeah. It was. It was. Uh, it was pretty remarkable. And and I'd never worked like that before. But after doing it, it's the only way I want to do it now. I, I mean, it was amazing. I didn't realize. And I've yeah, they wrote the whole season in three months. Well, and considering I'm or currently weeks, watching the Nick, weeks, there's think. there's twenty episodes of the Nick. Yeah. And I'm currently through 11. Yeah. So now that I, I my mind is even more blown. Now, there you go. I'm enjoying that. That's a really good show. <laughs> so, look, let's deal with the content of the movies. And I, like, I'm not gonna. I played the the silly little clip of the kids <laughs> talking about sex, but we we had your clip from the trailer. It's mm-hmm. a very menacing sort of clip that yeah. you have. But these are movies that are based on books that are about. A little titillating, uh, a little uh, yeah, yeah, a little naughty. Yeah, was that uh, how did you how did you find dealing with that material? Well, uh, the first the first thing that happened is you know I got the job and and uh, I had flown to Vancouver and I had, I don't know I hadn't talked to my parents in a couple of days and and uh, and my mom sent me uh, an email and she goes I heard you're doing a movie. <laughs> And uh, so I wrote her back and I said, uh, Ma, uh, yes, uh, the rumors are true. Uh, don't worry, I'm keeping my clothes on and, and you don't need to worry about it. Uh, so that, that's, that, was, that, was, that was the beginning of this because, I mean, it, you know, it's a, it's a sexy movie. Well, it's based on uh, what there's the whole submission and domination mm-hmm. angle to, to, to all that. And uh, I did a lot of reading on Wikipedia today, by the did way. Did you? Not read the books. That's... Uh... <laughs> That's some time well spent in the office. Thanks, there. buddy. Thanks, thanks, buddy. That's yeah. fine. That's really all right. So, um, when when people because the, the the books obviously got this 
Well, I was going to say cult following, but it was bigger than a cult. Oh, they, they got a mainstream I think the following. word that Maybe they actually used was global phenomenon. Right. Yeah, it was it was huge. And it, and the the amazing thing is that there has been fans that uh, have reached out to me from across the globe. I mean, it, it really it really is. I mean, it's just, it's a it it just it connected with people. It was this uh, dirty little fantasy, and 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 people loved it, and they gobbled it up, and it's 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 really. Kind of wild and and interesting, but I mean, people. I think that's what people maybe misinterpret with it. Is it just, you know, it's fantasy. It's about the cars and and the right. the billionaire lifestyle, and it's a little a little dirty. So it's uh, you know, I think it it just it's the stuff it is, you might it, giggle about with your yeah, friend and it, or your and it hit a nerve whatever, and it yeah. caught on and and uh, you know, I I've asked people to, to I asked my wife to explain it to me I'm like I, I you got you know and she's like it just that's what it was it's 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 a it's just fantasy and uh we're having fun well let's face it in this society we can be very uh re- repressed mm-hmm. about talking about sexuality sure. so the books and the movies put a little bit of it yeah why there not and say let's go along for the ride yeah. so so to speak uh, yeah. <laughs> so you're you're <laughs> you're not nude as you already clarified I'm sorry Reed yes that disappoints you after <laughs> are you shirtless I know there's ladies listening to at least want you to be shirtless. I'm going to let people figure things out when they go to the movie about how they're going to feel about me. (laughs) Well, apparently they're not going to like you. You've already made that clear. No, no, Jack Hyde, and he's got the evil spelling of Hyde. H-Y-D-E. Yeah, very, very evil. Uh, All right, so you you filmed in Vancouver and you filmed in Paris. Mm -hmm. Shot it all back to back. Did you have to do reshoots? Not did they, me, did no. they rewrite I, any of it? No, I don't think so. I think the I think they loved what they got, and the and the early word is that it's it's great. And I mean, the next two movies are a little different than the first one. The first one's a little more romance and a little right. more about the seduction, and the the next two are a little more on the psychological thriller side. Okay. So it's uh, you know it really is an evolution of of, of that story, and and uh, yeah, I, yeah, I provide some of the thriller aspects. Oh, nice. Yes. Well, I'm looking forward to that. Again, you, playing you, the great people. Guy. People got to watch the trailer if they haven't seen it because you are. Uh, you got the hair coming. We got like that. You got that one evil strand of we hair. We actually named that strand of hair. It was. It, it needed to come down, and we gave him a name. We called him. We called him Stan. And it was. It was very specific. And we had to have it. I don't know why. It was a very specific thing, and and it and it works. It's like this little evil strand of hair that falls down, and and we just we called him Stanley. And and. and How much time would you spend uh, doing all the makeup and wardrobe stuff before you'd go to go to the set? They did a lot of good work on me. Yeah. I will say that they they. Uh, you know, I'm getting a little older here, Reed. It takes a little longer in the makeup chair every morning, and uh, I had a fantastic group of people there that, uh, you know, all the spackle and, and shine and, and put me in nice clothes. Yeah. Well, and I guess, I mean, you're, you're going to be 40 feet tall or however big a movie theater yeah, is. Yeah, you got to look good. You got to look, look good. good. They get, uh, yeah, they, they help me out. <laughs> Uh, 4-2 now for Canada over Sweden. Nine minutes left in the third period. Of course, we missed the goal while we were chatting. Hope you're enjoying hearing from uh, Eric Johnson. His new movie is Fifty Shades Darker. It comes out February 10th. More with Eric when we get back. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Ched. Mostly 80s rock, but yeah. sometimes I mix in some 90s rock. Sometimes a little bit of Weezer. Hey, right on. Uh, what, what were you listening to growing up? 
Because you're, sl- I'm 42. I won't give you your age, but you are younger than me. Uh, oh, not, I'm just a little younger than you. I'm still a little seven. Bit. Yeah, that's that's fine to say. I don't mind. I've earned it. <laughs> Uh, what did I listen to growing up? I listened to a lot of my dad's stuff, though. I mean, I was growing up, I was listening to Zeppelin and, and The Doors and things like Deep Purple, and then I became a big, you know, fan of Soundgarden. So, like, I like the rock and roll. I like the guitar stuff. Nice. Yeah. Growing up in Bonnie Doon, was it? Yeah, Bonnie Doon. Yeah, I, I was should... there. I was there many times. I got spotted in Bonnie Doon during the holidays, yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's, it's the old hangout. So, they people yeah. re- remember you, recognize yeah. you. I, I should We should tell people, because it's been a couple of years since we did our first phone interview, one of your first roles, and people probably have this movie on DVD or VHS, so if you still have a machine that will play it, Dust you it are off. in Legends of the Fall <laughs> as the very young version of the Brad Pitt character. Yeah. The teen yeah. version. Yeah, that was one of my first gigs. You know, I was 14 years old, and, and it was the greatest thing. I got to miss three weeks of school at the beginning of the ninth grade and play <laughs> with a 1,400-pound grizzly bear. Like... <laughs> You know, after that, everything else is, is uh, you know, I, I thought I peaked early. So, thankfully, I've just kept, you know, well, dragging out a career here. Better to peak yeah. early than not at all. There you go. There you go. <laughs> uh, we got a text here from Doug who says, uh, I, I didn't even, I, I don't know this one. Eric was great in Call Me Mrs. Miracle. Wow. He goes, it's a little different than Fifty Shades. It what is. What, I was what also is the that? good guy in that. That's uh, it's, it's a little Hallmark Christmas movie. Oh, nice. Yeah. You're the good guy. I was the good guy. Finally. That's where I get to be the good guy. Yeah. What is that about? In a- it, it's about finding the spirit of Christmas, Reed. You and know, did and you find it? it? Oh, I, I found it. I had it. I had it in my heart, and I needed to share it with the world. And it's, uh, but honestly, my dad loves those Hallmark Christmas movies. He watches them. He'll he'll watch like a dozen every year, and uh, and so that was my gift to him that year. It's like, Dad, I did one of these for you. Here you go. Oh, good. You now, and uh, so he can watch it. And and uh, yeah, it's it's pretty great. Uh, you know, you're in you're in the public eye. Obviously, I don't, I don't even know if I did you justice. I got to quickly look it up with fifty thousand Twitter. Phones. No, you actually overshot it, buddy. So. Well, you have a lot. Yeah. You have way more than I do. <laughs> Eric, by the way, at Eric Johnson seventy nine. If you want to follow, well, you got forty three thousand. That's a lot. At Eric Johnson seventy nine. If you want to follow him on Twitter, uh, considering I have nine thousand followers, I'm sure everybody who's following me is already also following you. But anyway, <laughs> uh, so you're you're in the public eye. I mean, I talked to Warren Moon about dealing mm-hmm. with adversity. You know, from an Oilers perspective, Eberle and Pouliot are two guys who are under the gun right now. You're in a you're in a profession where you know you're going to get rejected, mm-hmm. and uh, you might get uh, 99 Twitter messages when the movie comes out that say it's great, and you might have one guy that says Eric Johnson, you suck, and why are you in this film? And uh, how do you how do you deal with some of the the hate or the rejection that comes with the the industry? Well, the rejection, I guess, I've just I, I've gotten used to, and I've learned to not take it personally. Uh, <laughs> it's it's just part of it, and you you. you Dust yourself off and you go into the next one, and that's the good thing is there's there's always something next to go and focus on. Um, you know, if I think about all the jobs that I didn't get, um, I'd be absolutely miserable. <laughs> it'd be well, it'd be like a hockey player thinking about you know all the goals he didn't score on every shot that they took. You know, so it's 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 definitely. It's all about volume, so you want to get out there more and more, so you're more likely to get a gig. And and uh, and as for the people, like everybody is entitled to their opinions, and I think you know I've done a few things that people haven't been overly thrilled with, and or disappointed. I did a video game called Splinter Cell. Oh yeah. Uh, and I had replaced a you know a renowned actor who was the voice of the character 
uh, uh, Michael Ironside. And there was a lot of huge fans. It was a franchise that had been around for a long time. It's like being the new James Bond. Nobody's going to like the new James Bond. They all like the old James Bond. Right. And, um, you know, those are big shoes to fill. And so there was people there that just absolutely, no matter, like, there, I was not going to win with them because they wanted their guy. And I totally get that. That's that's who you grew up with. That's who you're invested in. And then as soon as I said, like, yeah, no, I understand where you're coming from. I totally, totally get that. They were just, they were like, oh, well, I'm, Thank you for listening, really, <laughs> is what it came down to. Is You know, a lot of times it comes at you with a lot of fire right away. And, uh, you know, and I found that if uh, even if I just say, you know, I, I hear you, then that, that's that's really the end of it. And I've been, I've been very fortunate to not have anything really crazy or people being too mean. And, uh, I'm, yeah, I've been very, very fortunate. My fans are a lot nicer than the characters I play. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's what it is. It's like <laughs> it's, I play these be- bad guys and yeah. nobody wants to make me angry or right. something like that. But, they, they think you really yeah. like that. Yeah. I mean, I really thought after the Nick I'd be walking down the street and people would be throwing their garbage at me if they had seen the show. So I, I consider myself pretty lucky so far. Well, look, yeah, Gallinger on the Nick has some redeeming qualities, you know, such as... Eric Johnson joining us in <laughs> studio inside Sports on Six Uh All right, uh, look, you're a huge Oilers fan. What? what uh, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you're you're like me in in acting, shooting. Sometimes you can work non traditional hours, mm-hmm. daylight, night scenes, whatever, long days. Uh, biggest challenges to to following the team as you've moved away from Edmonton and gone to various points around North America and Europe. Sometimes, yeah, you know, really, the, it's just time zones, and yeah. I, I think I complain about it enough on Twitter about some of those late starts. <laughs> but you know, when it's it's one thirty, you know, games going looking like it's going to go to overtime, and you're like, it's Tuesday, and I got to get up and take the kid to school tomorrow morning, and it's right. one o'clock at night. It's not, it's not, it's not the greatest, but that's. You know, I'm not going to complain. And I did that through the years where it wasn't necessarily a lot of fun to be watching those games, but I did it anyways. Right. So in terms of your overall, and I know you, I don't know if you've seen every game this year, but I bet you've seen almost every game. You've been been to a couple uh, at Rogers Place. Just your your overall impression of the team. I mean, kind of every year, the the bar for, can we at least stay in it this long, this long got lowered. So now that they're hanging around, I mean, how, how are you honestly feeling good and bad? I think every time I step back, you know, you get frustrated watching games or, you know, somebody, you know, whiffs on a great chance or whatever, like, and that's going to be the case no matter what. But like I said earlier, it's like if you would have showed me a picture of the standings in September, I would have been like, yeah, this is great. What is anybody complaining about? It's more about how you get there. And, uh, you know, the the team is just, it's been, it's been so fun to watch. I mean, McDavid's electric every time he's on the ice. Dreisaitl's been having a fantastic year. He's, he's, he's a tremendous player. And uh, it's it's enjoyable, and um, you know I think if they can you know keep stealing a point here and there, that people are going to be a lot happier come the end of March than they have been in a very long time. You know, and I I, I kind of was I, I kind of said I I was a little surprised at the negativity last night. You know, I took a deep breath after the show, and I thought last night's game was probably the first game this year that felt like previous years where you just knew they didn't have a chance. Well, they had that one against Buffalo early in the year, too. That Which was, was almost self. Yeah. They put they did that to themselves yeah. as much as anything. Yeah, I think I, I think people are, are pretty gun-shy with that, too, because they're like, oh, here we go again. But yeah. I, it, I think it's a different team. It's a different makeup. It's, it's you know, there's going to be nights that you're going to lose. And, and I think even, like, you know, people coming down on Pouliot and Eberle and stuff like that, it's, you just look at their track record of where they are in their careers and, 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 and what, 
they've been able to do at different times. And you, and you know it'll turn around. At a certain point, it's, it's going to turn around, the puck goes in, and that's just the nature of the game. It's just a matter of being patient, and and uh, I think that I don't think there's a lot of patience left in this. Town, that's the thing. The, they, the that. fans have been asked to be be patient, yeah. uh, patient a lot. But, yeah. Uh, no, yeah, I mean, I'm they're hanging around. I, I'm optimistic they can. I didn't pick them for the playoffs before the season, but mm-hmm. they're. They're starting to look like a team that can well, squeak in. I think I read somewhere that if they basically maintain a 500 or like two games above 500 for the rest of the year, that they finish with over 90 points and they'll have the highest point total of an Oiler team at the end of the year since the 88 season. Yeah, because the yeah. 90 team didn't have a high point total no. until they won the Cup, yeah. No, and the 2006 team didn't. So, it like... Really, if that's what we're talking about here, being two games over 500 for the rest of the year and having the highest point total for an Oilers team since 1988 and we're still going to be complaining, I think we need to, you know, sort of check our priorities here. Let's just think about what, you know, two, three years ago was like. We've been chatting with Eric Johnson. That you're just giggling that the team's hanging around in a playoff spot. I can't believe it. It's exciting. We had a game against Columbus this week. That was important. That's right. In January. That's right. That's a good point. When has that happened in the history of the Oilers? That's a very good point. A game against Columbus that we cared about in January. I'm going to tell you something here. The new movie for Eric, he plays Jack Hyde in Fifty Shades Darker. It comes out February 10th. If you go see it, he won't come to your house in his nasty character and threaten you. How about that? (laughs) I don't know if threatening people is a great idea, Reed. I don't know if I need that in, for my career, but I appreciate that. Maybe just, you know. You know, just go, go, go support just, a local guy. Hey, go see the movie. You know, Reed will be there. I'm going to go. Yeah. Go go with Reed. Make a night of it. Get a party bus Yeah, we together. can have an inside sports gathering at a mm-hmm. local cinema to watch party Fifty Shades bus. Darker. You can host it. Go down to the cinema. Watch the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, thanks for coming in. Reed, thanks for having me. That's Eric Johnson. Wonderful to have him in studio. Canada up 4-2 late in the third on Sweden. This has been Inside Sports on 6.30 Chad. Talk to you at 3.30 tomorrow afternoon. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.